everybody. Hi. I'm Gage. And I'm Ray. And you are listening to Gullah Report. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. The reports of gore. The reports of gore. <laughs> well, hello everyone. We are so happy to be back. <laughs> we missed you, friends. We hope you've had a good life and yeah. a good day and, and a, a good, good week. week. If you've been keeping up with us, you probably noticed that we didn't have an upload last week. And that was because, just be prepared, if you just want to go ahead and skip to the case, go ahead and skip through this, because for once, we have something to talk about. I know. It's crazy. It was so nice. So, long story short, uh, for those of you that don't know, because me and Ray have never really talked about ourselves and like our our hobbies outside of this and yeah any we sort of way. kept it as like a minimum yeah you know <laughs> didn't want to make it about us more about the true crime and the spoke but uh yeah um i'm a makeup artist that's actually kind of my passion outside of true crime i do special effects makeup glam makeup body painting i just i really really love that shit and horror makeup is my favorite and this last week, I actually had my first real paid makeup gig. Yes. And Ray, my lovely best friend, yes. who also knows her way around a palette and some latex, <laughs> uh, you were my assistant. Yeah, it was and really fun. It was extremely fun. But last week, I was just, I was really nervous and excited about the gig. I was practicing a lot, trying to get my supplies in order. And it was just like a really busy week. Like you had to drive down yeah. back and forth to go with me because the gig's almost an hour from my house. It was just a lot. And that is why we took a one week leave so we could just kind of regroup and prepare for the weekend because it was a two day gig. Yeah, it was super, super fun. So we appreciate you being patient. That's just like a little bit about me. Trying to tell you some of my life, even though it's not really important, but you know, <laughs> I wanted to share it with you guys anyways. If you're wondering why we didn't upload last Thursday, that's the reason why it was just chaotically busy. But And we actually met one of you guys, <gasps> one of our listeners. How in the world would I forget that? <laughs> but yes, well, yes we that did. did happen. We um, totally did. Did you catch her name? Brittany. Brittany. Yes, her name's Brittany. And if you're listening, hi, it was really cool to do your makeup and it was really cool to see you. That shit honestly made my night. So like, it yeah. It made my entire year. Yeah, her name's like, Brittany. Man, that's we were, so awesome. We were doing some makeup and we got on the topic of true crime and me and Ray kind of brought up, you know, well, we have a podcast if you would ever like to listen and uh, it's called Gore Report. And then Brittany, she was like, wait, I listened to you guys, and we were like, what? What do you mean? And she was like, yeah, like, your Gage and Ray 
oh my fucking god yeah <laughs> and it was just really cool like we we hung out took a few pictures i did her and her family's makeup you did some of her family's makeup and it was just really cool it was honestly one of the best weekends i've had yeah and like really, a long time it was really chill but exciting at the same time because it was a whole nother adventure that we were getting ourselves into. Yeah, and I mean, and it was a lot. I was just very, very happy, as I know you were, to meet her. And Absolutely. It was just, it was a very awesome experience. When we hear anybody in person or online, any of you guys that say that you like our show and you like our work, that shit is priceless to me. Like, that is literally the most priceless most warm feeling <laughs> that I get. A special place in yes, my heart. Yeah. Yes, I put it straight in the box in my pumpkin <laughs> soul. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a wild one, but honestly, it was really, really fun. And in other news, since we took a week leave, me and Ray are putting together a special bonus episode that we will be dropping in between today when you guys hear it so thursday and next thursday so it's like you're gonna get two episodes in one week from us yep. and we will from this point onward be on our weekly upload schedule yep. so you got that to look forward to and we're not gonna tell you when we're just gonna drop it yeah it's just gonna be completely <laughs> random it, it could be tomorrow it could be the next day after it could be Maybe on the same day as the next upload. Two episodes at once. We don't know. We're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> You'll just yet. have to wait and see. <laughs> I'm so excited to get into your case this week. I am, too. I've missed it. I'm so ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. My body is ready. My body is ready. Take me. So, for today's case... I know that we've been saying that, you know, it's October, it's Spooky Moth, yes. and we were going to focus on some paranormal stuff and some supernatural stuff, and we still have more of that to come, Yes, but you know me. I can't stay away from true crime for very long <laughs> before I delve back in strong. So, <laughs> today's episode is going to be a solved true crime case, but it does have some Halloween elements to it. Oh, nice. The case that I'm going to be telling well, you guys about today. Maybe not nice. <laughs> no, it's definitely. Is it Halloween? Yes. Is it nice? No. It's definitely not nice. Like, <laughs> listeners, buckle in now. It is not nice. This is not nice. But the case I'm going to tell you guys about today is the case of Dawson McGee. Okay. A.K.A. the Halloween Mask Killer. Ooh. Now... Dawson's case is pretty well known, but not for the Halloween aspect to it, but more so because of Dawson's bizarre behavior when he was being interrogated by the police, like after the fact of him doing what he did. Oh, wow. And I promise we'll dive into all of it. It's just, you know, it's it's crazy. So to start telling you guys the story of Dawson, we can start with his early life and a bit of background information. Okay. Dawson McGee was born to his parents, Kathleen and Thomas McGee, on August 30th, 1985 in Manteca, California. Now, mm. a quick fun fact about Manteca, especially since we're doing this whole Halloween vibe this month, it just so happens that Manteca 
is the pumpkin growing capital of the world. Whoa. Yeah, evidently. Uh, Manteca grows 80% of California's pumpkins and like a, a pretty large percentage of the rest of the nations. It's crazy. What? And this just happens to be where all of this took place. So it's like just one large pumpkin patch or what? Pretty much, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, if you're from Manteca, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, they grow a lot of pumpkins. I just thought that was like a little spooky coincidence uh, that I would throw in there, given the story of Dawson and how, you know, what he did, how it happened to unfold on Halloween. It's just one of those things I wanted to throw in there. Right. I thought it was interesting, but Dawson's parents had actually met each other while they were attending college, and it was a love at first sight kind of thing with them. Aww. They immediately hit it off. They fell in love, and it wasn't too long after they met that they actually got married. And after getting married, Kathleen and Thomas moved from Manteca to Chicago. Oh, no, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> mean to tell me he went to Chicago? Oh. <laughs> John Wayne Gacy, Chicago Ripper exactly. Crew, like I feel you. I just snorted. Did you hear I did. <laughs> I did. But uh, yeah, Kathleen and Thomas, they moved from Antica to Chicago so Thomas could continue his studies. I'm unsure as to what he was studying exactly, but that was the reason they moved, nonetheless. Okay. It wasn't long after the newlyweds moved to Chicago that they had their first two children together, Okay, Justin and Colin. After staying in the Chicago area for two or three years, the now family of four decided that they wanted to move back to Manteca to officially settle down. Thomas was wanting to find work in Manteca, and him and Kathleen wanted to raise their family where they had grown up at. So that's basically what they did. They moved back to California, and this is where Kathleen and Thomas had two more kids together, oh, Dawson wow. and then their youngest child, Caitlin. So now we have a family of six, Kathleen, Thomas, and their four children. Mm -hmm. Kathleen actually made the decision pretty early on that she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And she was extremely happy about that decision. That just, you know, that was the dream life that she had wanted, basically. Kathleen was a very loving and dedicated mother, and she knew that she wanted to spend her time at home raising her children. I love it's that. Some, yeah, she was, she was an awesome woman. It's something that she was very passionate about, and Thomas was behind the decision 100%. It was definitely like a unanimous thing between the two of them. Kathleen didn't feel pressured into making that decision. It was just based purely out of what she genuinely wanted to do. That's really awesome. Kathleen also decided that she wanted to homeschool her four kids, which let me just take a moment for us to admire just how badass of a mom Kathleen was. Right? Like She's tending to the household. She's looking after four kids, and she decides she's going to school them at home. And Kathleen went above and beyond to make sure that she did everything properly, too. She even set up a in-home classroom in their house. What? Yeah, Kathleen was giving lessons to her kids. She was organizing weekly planners. She was writing her curriculum, assigned homework, like... All of that. She was on top of it. Kathleen, again, was just an extremely loving and dedicated mother. And she did everything in her power to ensure that her children had the very best that life had to offer them. Yeah. Knowing all of these things, it really, really makes this story that much more enraging and that much more heartbreaking, if I'm being honest. Oh, no. Kathleen's children were all thriving in this environment for the most part. That is, everyone except Dawson. 
Dawson had an incredibly difficult time maintaining his focus on his schoolwork.、Mm-hmm. He would continuously find things to distract himself with, and he put up a lot of resistance towards his mother. Kathleen tried everything to try and see if she could help Dawson with his issues. She tried several different teaching techniques with Dawson to try and figure out, you know, what she could do that would help her son kind of level out a bit. Right, ways、uh, to connect with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Out of the four children, Dawson was the one that demanded much more attention out of their mother than his other siblings did. Dawson was actually very, very attention dependent,、okay. and it didn't matter to Dawson if the attention was good or bad, as long as it was attention he didn't care. He would often cause fights with his siblings and his mother in order to get reactions out of them. Because that same point I just said, he really could care less if it was bad attention or good. He just had to have it. So、oh, he was、man. constantly instigating with his siblings, which yes, that is normal. But like he did it all the time. Yeah. And he just you know acted out and had these little outbursts. He was he was just not having it. So Kathleen finally decided that she wanted to take Dawson to a doctor to see if maybe there was something. Possibly causing his behavioral issues, Kathleen wanted to help and understand Dawson above all else, and she kind of hit a dead end with it all. Nothing she was doing seemed to be working, so she scheduled this doctor's appointment for Dawson.、Mm-hmm. And it was at this appointment that Dawson was officially diagnosed with ADHD.、Okay. Now, this was a huge breakthrough for Kathleen because after she learned that her son, in fact, had ADHD, she went on to educate herself about it, as any good parent does.、Right. And she kind of had this moment where everything finally started to make sense. All of Dawson's outbursts and concentration problems made sense. She just finally felt like that she had a grasp on what approach she should have with Dawson in order to help him, and for the most part, it worked. Nice. After Dawson's diagnosis, Kathleen changed her approach entirely, and Dawson started thriving. <laughs> like he was doing really, really well. He、Love、was、that. he was becoming more and more attentive to his schoolwork. His outbursts decreased. It was just like a really happy time in Dawson's and Kathleen's life. She finally felt like she had made real progress with her son, and she was just over the moon about it. Kathleen decided soon after that she wanted to try enrolling Dawson in public school. Oh, okay. She was hoping that the extra stimulation of a public school setting would like further his growth, you know. So that's kind of what she did. She enrolled Dawson, and he definitely continued to thrive even in the public school setting. Okay, like he was,、good. he was maintaining good grades. He didn't have too many outbursts that were disruptive. I mean, he really seemed like the approach that his mom had had with him was really, really effective. Because even when he switched from being homeschooled to being in the Hustle and bustle of like a public school setting. He still maintained his progress, which was really, really good. Yeah, but I was more concerned about the like, oh god, he's going to get overstimulated. And like, you know, he he more than likely did. <laughs> he <laughs> he more than likely did, but nonetheless, he I mean, he still maintained doing pretty That's good.、Awesome. Dawson would actually go on to graduate from high school an entire semester early. Due、oh, wow. to just how beneficial his homeschooling was, nice. Like Kathleen deserves a fucking gold medal. Like her homeschooling was so effective that Dawson was basically ahead of his class and then graduated early, which is just like you go, Kathleen. Love to hear like, it. You go. Love to hear it. After Dawson graduated, he enrolled in college to study music,、okay. which 
Music was something that Dawson had always had a very intense passion for, even in his early life with having all of these issues focusing on things and maintaining interest in things. Music did not fall under that list. Okay. Music was something that Dawson never had trouble focusing on. It was actually a huge creative outlet for him, and it was something that made him happy, genuinely happy. So he already had his mind made up when it came to what he wanted to study in college. It was a no-brainer. Dawson had no problem going all the way through college, and he graduated with a degree in music theory. So, yeah, like he, you know, at least in this sense, he went and he did the damn thing. And the damn thing was done. And the damn thing was done. (laughs) So after college, Dawson really wanted to find a job in the music industry. Now, when he graduated from college, it was in 2009, and Mm -hmm. that was right after the recession hit. And, you know, that hit everyone extremely hard. It was exceedingly difficult to find a job, really, in any profession during this time. But it was especially hard to find work in the more creative fields, such as music or art or, you know, things like that. Right. So Dawson searched and searched, and he couldn't really find anything. And after some time, he did end up scoring a job as a part-time music teacher. And even though he kind of liked it, that's not exactly what he wanted to do. You know, like when Dawson thought about having a career in music, his first thought wasn't being a Um, part-time music teacher. This is not what I had in mind, actually. Uh, This is not the initial vibe that I pursued. Uh, (laughs) Not at all. He did seem to enjoy the job for a little bit, but over time, it really started to kind of like dishearten him a little bit. Aww. It wasn't long before the situation started having a really negative effect on his mental health. It just kind of like it seemed to him that his life was collapsing in a lot of ways. He had worked really hard in college to get his music theory degree. It's definitely his passion and what he wanted to pursue. Then his dreams of a good job in that industry, or at least a job that he actually wanted, it just seemed to be falling apart, you know? He felt kind of hopeless, and he just kind of got to where he was sick of being a music teacher and not really doing the thing that he wanted to do. He started comparing himself to his other siblings, which all of them were extremely, you know, high overachievers. They had really, really good jobs supporting themselves, doing all that good stuff. So all of this just kind of combined, and it put Dawson in a really dark place. And not incredibly long after he got the job, he ended up quitting the music teaching And that decision led him to have to move back in with his parents. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can all say that we've been there at one point or the other, but like this is... Several times here. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely what happened in Dawson's case. Kathleen and Thomas were on two different sides of the situation in terms of how they felt about it. Okay. Kathleen was thrilled to have her son living with her again, you know, like her motherly instinct kind of kicked right in. She wanted of she wanted to take care of Dawson. She wanted to do everything for him. She was just like 100% on board with it all. She was very very ecstatic. Now, Thomas, however, was not so thrilled about it. No. Thomas was mainly angered by how Dawson was taking advantage of his mother's caring nature. Because, like, Kathleen did everything for Dawson, and I mean everything. Oh, hell no. She cooked his meals, cleaned up after him, did his laundry. She would even make his bed. And remember, this is a grown-ass man we're talking about. And Dawson Dawson knew that, though. He knew his mother would do anything for him, and he did, in fact, take advantage of her. Thomas did not like that, and he just also didn't like that his son had just up and quit his job without really thinking about it. And he was just—Thomas wasn't feeling it. He was honestly kind of upset about all of it. And if I'm being honest, I'll go ahead and say that 
I personally side with Thomas on this matter. Mm-hmm. Thomas was further angered by how Dawson began to treat his mother in the few months that he lived there, like in the, in the months following. Oh. As I said a bit earlier, Dawson took complete advantage of his mother's love for him. Here Dawson is. He's a grown-ass man, and he's constantly leaving his dirty dishes and laundry everywhere. He's not even making his bed. He's not only just assuming that his mother will clean up after him, but Dawson was actually demanding of his mother that she— Yeah, he was demanding of his mother that she clean up after him, and she did because she loved him. She in no way thought that, you know, she was being taken advantage of. All she saw was her son, and then everything else, you know, was history. Wow. Thomas told Dawson at one point that he at least needed to get a job if he was going to stay there, and that didn't go down well at all. Dawson had no intention of wanting to work. He had no intention of even wanting to try. And let me add, too, Dawson was living with his parents completely rent-free, so like him not wanting to work, not wanting to help around the house, even this all made Thomas... Very unhappy about the situation. He progressively got more and more unhappy. He just started getting real fed up with Dawson's behavior and manipulation. Thomas kind of noticed it really, really early on. Kathleen may not have at first, but Thomas definitely did, and he was not with it. Did she eventually catch on? Like, come on now. Oh, yeah. We'll get get there. Okay. We're going to dive in. I promise that's some path we're going to (laughs) trick. But behind the scenes of all this, Dawson was telling his mother, like, all kinds of shit. He was telling her that the reason he couldn't work or do anything in the house was because he was suffering from extremely bad anxiety. Dawson also told his mother that he was hearing voices and seeing hallucinations that he couldn't control and that he felt like he needed help. So Dawson's mother obviously took him seriously and took him to a psychiatrist, and Dawson was diagnosed with some sort of psychotic disorder. Okay. Now... It's not public information as to what Dawson was diagnosed with. Like, I looked and I looked through my research and, like, there's just no public record of what this exact diagnosis was. Okay. All we know is that he was diagnosed with something. We have no idea what it is. It's in the realm of psychotic disorders. Okay. Dawson was put on medication for this condition, and he was also encouraged by his doctor to keep a daily journal with the hopes that maybe it would help Dawson manage his anxiety a little better. Okay. So soon after, Dawson started self-medicating with marijuana and, you know, hey, but right? uh, in Dawson's case, it did not go well for him. Marijuana heavily intensified Dawson's symptoms. Oh, the, the psychosis. Yes. The voices he was hearing, as well as like the hallucinations he was having, it all got worse whenever he smoked. I don't know it. And like one would think that maybe he would stop. using if it made his symptoms worse but like that's not the case here dawson just like steven (laughs) says drugs ain't for everybody (laughs) drugs ain't for everybody but uh dawson continued to smoke and use in spite of it making him you know have really negative effects that's really bad over the coming weeks he would become gradually more and more reclusive it's even said that dawson got to a point where he wouldn't even talk to his siblings or like anyone other than his mother Wow. He, like, w- just had nothing to do with, like, no one. He started separating from the world around him more and more. And it was around this time that Dawson kind of started displaying a newfound obsession. And that obsession would be with Halloween masks. We're now starting to slowly but surely get to the meat of today's case. Okay. So, Yeah. Dawson started developing this really extreme obsession with Halloween masks and the whole horror genre as well. 
He was obsessing over movies such as Friday the 13th, Halloween, Scream, just I mean, all of it. Classics, but. Classics, you know, good movies, good movies. Good shit. But the few members of Dawson's family that were around him, they didn't really think anything of it because obviously it isn't really a red flag or an issue for someone to be obsessed with horror or scary things. Right. Like, Horror, i.e. us. us. Horror (laughs) is literally my favorite thing in the entire world. I have Chucky tattooed all over my right hand. It just is how it is. It's not a red flag for anybody to like those things. So Dawson's family didn't see an issue with it. Dawson, he kind of would have these phases where he'd be obsessed with something for a little bit and then he'd move on to something else. He just kind of ADHD. Yeah, he (laughs) he cycled through various different interests. So Dawson's family was thinking that the whole horror thing was just Dawson's current thing at the moment. Right. Again, no issue was seen. Dawson also began to hoard Halloween masks and costumes of all kinds. He especially loved Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, so he would especially, like, buy their costumes. Like, he had the actual masks, he had the jumpers, like, he was, like, in it. Like, he was in it. It's like, I'm not sitting next to Michael Myers, it's Mikael Mieres. (laughs) (laughs) Dawson also started doing this thing where he would completely dress up just like Jason or Michael Myers, and he would just walk around the house oh see fuck no or even (laughs) he would even go out into public or drive around in these outfits could you imagine getting up at three o'clock in the morning because you're thirsty so you walk into the kitchen and he's just standing there it's actually really okay it's actually really fucking funny you say that because we're actually about to get into a small story from dawson's brother where that almost exact thing happened that's actually wild really Yes, I'm not even shitting right now. I'm not even shitting. I'm not even shitting. I'm not even shitting. But yeah, uh, Dawson was dressing up like Jason. He was dressing up like Michael Myers. He was walking around the house. He would even go out into public or drive around in these outfits. Like, can you imagine you pull up to a fucking red light and then you look over and it's just Jason Voorhees just chilling? It's it's just secondhand embarrassment bro (laughs) and he wouldn't do this just around halloween time he did it year round and it started getting to the point yeah it started getting to the point where dawson was rarely seen wearing anything that wasn't his jason or michael masks and costumes okay there's the red flag right there (laughs) it started to get extreme yeah and then that story i told you about what you said dawson's older brother colin would actually later recant a story in which he had woken up in the middle of the night (laughs) while staying over at his parents, and he had to go to the bathroom and get something to drink. So Colin (laughs) said it was dark, and he was walking downstairs to get to the bathroom and stuff, and he just bumped into Dawson in the dark while he was just dressed as Jason, like the full getup. Like he was... Like, Dawson was literally dressed as Jason, mask and all, just standing in the fucking dark, being silent. Like, what the fuck? Okay, so, like, how relatable is that? Because I know nothing about this case. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, when you said that, I was like, oh, it's funny you say that because... uh." (laughs) So, like, it just got weird. And then soon after this instance... Colin and Dawson, they went to make a trip to go to the movie theater to see Halloween. I'm not sure which one it was, but they went to go see Halloween, and Dawson was wearing normal clothes. He had a bag with him. Now, get this shit. They go into the theater. They're watching, you know, the movie, and then Dawson tells Colin, hey, I got to, like, go real quick to, like, the bathroom, you know? Okay. So, he got up. 
He left. Colin sat and continued to watch the movie. And then more and more time went on and Dawson still hadn't came back yet. So Colin is starting to think like, okay, what the fuck? Like, where's my brother at? (laughs) So Colin gets up and tries looking around the theater, like in the middle of the movie. And Dawson had went to the bathroom, changed into his Michael Myers getup, and then came back in the theater and sat in the very back, like in the corner, just staring and saying nothing. What the fuck? I bet that ruined the movie. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's all getting very, very weird. Like, there isn't a lot of explanation that can be given to Dawson's bizarre behavior. We do know that when he was younger, he was extremely dependent on attention. You know, we covered that. Whether right. it was good or bad, he didn't care. He just had to have it. So, like, is all of this some kind of, like, attention-seeking behavior? Yeah. Like, we will really never know. It's just like a note to ask. Like, it's fucking crazy how extreme he got with it. And if you yeah, remember me, yeah, if you remember me saying earlier about how Dawson's psychiatrist recommended that he keep a journal, right? Well, Dawson actually had some incredibly disturbing entries in his journal. Dawson was writing very in depthly about how he thought he was possessed. He would write about how his hallucinations were only getting darker and darker as time went on. He was writing about how the voices in his head were telling him to do increasingly more violent things. Dawson even wrote about how no matter how hard he tried to make it stop, that various, very powerful demons were appearing before him every second of every day, commanding him to do things. Oh, wow. Extremely dark shit and extremely bizarre shit. There's even this one instance with Dawson... He had gotten up in the middle of the night in his pajamas and he just ran out of his parents' house to go to one of his friends' houses. Like he was freaking out, screaming. He was convinced that a demon was chasing him. Oh, fuck. And when Dawson got to this friend's house, he was like frantic. He was again screaming, crying, just wigging the fuck out and begging for someone to help him. Like it caused this whole scene. It was like, so sad. Yeah, it is. If he actually experienced that, however, like you'll see some notes as we get on to, you know, the meteor parts of this case, you might find yourself questioning a little bit if you believe Dawson or not. Uh But, you know, I'm not going to say that he didn't experience that. But I'm also going to say that this case just has some elements where you're going to be like, really, Dawson, were you really (laughs) chased by demons? Were you really seeing things, Sonny? Is that really what it was or were you just fucking trying to fake it? We don't know. (laughs) You'll just find yourself having that question by the time we get to the end of it. Okay. Dawson's strange behavior did not end there with that whole whatever we want to call it with him running to his friend's house. Right. Kathleen, his mother, she had a brother. So it's Dawson's uncle who had a pretty severe case of Parkinson's. Okay. So at this point in time, Kathleen was getting really involved with like taking care of her brother and going back and forth and seeing him because his Parkinson's was just getting worse and worse. And Dawson would often go with her to go check on him. You know, Dawson didn't really have anything to do with anyone that wasn't his mother. It's not like he had a job. <laughs> right? So he would often go with her on these visits to see his uncle. And... It really didn't take long, like it didn't take a lot of time of Dawson being around his uncle, Mm -hmm. that Dawson started exhibiting the same Parkinson's symptoms as his uncle, like the exact same symptoms. Really, Dawson? Right. But get this, everyone around Dawson, except Kathleen, they noticed something particular about the symptoms that Dawson would show, and that was that he could literally turn his behavior on and off as he pleased. He was caught several times conveniently just turning 
on his behavior when his mother would be around and then off when his mother would leave. And that specific act of him just turning these things on and off, that plays a huge part in this story. Like, that makes me at, really uncomfortable. Yeah, and it should because it's bad. It plays a huge part in this story after the fact of him doing what he's about to do. So Dawson's siblings, as well as Thomas... They tried their hardest to tell Kathleen that Dawson was faking these symptoms for attention, but Kathleen just wouldn't believe them. And her heart, being the overly caring mother that she was, she was such a loving mother, like it really breaks my fucking heart. She believed that there was no way that her son could manipulate her like that. She had no reason to think otherwise. She just wanted to take care of him. And as you can imagine, this kind of did start to cause some strain within the family. Like... You have Dawson's siblings and Thomas. They're clearly recognizing what Dawson is doing. They're seeing him turn this behavior on. They're seeing him turn it off. They're seeing how he talks to his mother, how he treats his mother. And they're all collectively doing everything they can to be like, hey, you know, Kathleen, he's abusing you. You need to like, he's faking it, you know, like it's not real. He's doing this. So you'll give him attention and, you know, do the things that he wants you to do. And like Kathleen was just by her son. Like she didn't want to see it at that point. Like she didn't want to see that her son was manipulating her. She didn't want to see that he was doing these things for attention. She literally didn't want to see it. It's well, yeah, it's very common behavior that you see with victims of abuse they're they're not able to see it they don't want to accept it but in their mind it's truly not there that's how that situation happens so it just really kind of started to pit the family against one another really because kathleen was just so like strongly by her son and taking his side she just wouldn't have anything else or believe anything else and she couldn't understand why everyone else was wanting to turn against him like she was in she was in it Like she was, she was in the throes of an abusive relationship for sure. Now, and this is like where the story just picks up a little bit and starts to get a little crazier. But uh, this whole dynamic did start to change when Kathleen picked up some volunteer work. And to be more specific, she started volunteering to work with victims of various types of abuse. Wow. Yeah. Right. She ended up taking this course. And let me say, like, I think it's wild coincidence that Kathleen happened to take this course because like, woo wee, like (laughs) it was one she needed to take. Right. Like for sure. Kathleen took a course that essentially was aimed at teaching survivors of abuse how to recognize that they are being abused and or manipulated by their loved ones. Girl, that is the universe calling out to you. Right no, there. literally. Like the universe was guiding her on that one, I believe. Like it's so specific that it's crazy. So Kathleen takes this course and she's slowly starting, like she's having these realizations that the exact behavior that she was being taught to point out in abusers is exactly the same stuff that Dawson was doing to her. Uh. Like it started to like really click. She was having an awakening of sorts to it. And as she realized all of this, she definitely changed her approach with Dawson. Like for sure. She stopped cleaning up after him. She stopped giving him every little thing he wanted. She just, Like, she began to back off from Dawson a bit. And as you can probably guess, no surprise here, 
Dawson did not like this at all. Yeah. He absolutely could not handle that his mother was standing up for herself well, against him. Well, an abuser, him. technically. When they start losing control, they go off the rails. So Dawson was angry that he no longer had someone constantly cleaning up for him, making his food, doing his laundry, making his bed. The whole situation just had him pretty pissed off. Yeah. So he started lashing out at his mother and father, like violently lashing out. Dawson would scream and yell at his mother fairly regularly, and when he'd do this, Kathleen would take up for herself, and all the commotion would end up getting Dawson's father, Thomas, involved, and when Thomas and Dawson fought, it would more than definitely get a little out of hand. Like, yeah. it was always a very quickly escalating situation. There was way more than one occasion where the police was called because of these two fighting. Like, oh, it got that God. out of hand. On the last call that was made to the home of Kathleen and Thomas, Dawson actually started screaming and pleading with police to tell his parents that they couldn't treat him this way. Wow. It, yeah, he really, really did that. Evidently, Thomas had threatened to kick Dawson out because Dawson's whole thing with like yelling at these police officers, he was saying, tell my dad that he can't kick me out. Like they can't treat me this way. I'm their son. Like you have to tell them like he was losing his shit, crazy shit. And man, I honestly would have loved to see the look on Dawson's face when one of these officers straight up told him, uh, you know, Dawson, he can kick you out. This is his house. It's not unreasonable for you to do chores and respect your parents in order for you to live with them. Right. Like Dawson got told the hard truth. Rightfully so. I wish I could have seen that I shit. I want to be a fly on the wall. Like abusers being put in their place. There's nothing more I love than that shit. <laughs> Uh, so Dawson was faced with not only the police and his father siding together against him, but his mother, Kathleen, also sided with Thomas in this situation. And she told him, you know, Dawson, no, this kind of shit has to stop. And you do have to start pulling your weight around here like I'm done. And this was huge because Kathleen in the past had always always sided with Dawson. He's not infantilized anymore. So. No, exactly. She's like not feeding into it anymore. She straight up said, no, I'm done. I'm not going to be on your side this time. And that was the first time Kathleen had really done this. Yeah. This time she took up for herself. She took up for her household and Dawson literally could not handle it. The fact that no one was buying his bullshit anymore absolutely pushed him over the edge. And this is when Dawson started plotting. Now, for the absolutely tragic events of today's case, I'm going to take us just a few months further into the story okay. to early October of 2011. Dawson's younger sister, Caitlin, had gotten engaged and she was going to get married. So she actually moved back in with her parents in their house with Dawson so her and her mom could, you know, pick out dresses, spend time together. You know, doing the mother-daughter thing was something like that going on. Yeah. Kathleen and Thomas were both extremely happy about their daughter coming home to spend that time with them. Dawson, however... Not so much. He absolutely despised it. Kathleen was especially now giving all of her attention to Caitlin. Dawson kind of knew at this point that he couldn't pull his shit anymore, so like he was just getting angrier and angrier. He did not like it not one bit. Steadily, he was getting closer to fucking snapping. <laughs> On the weekend of October 23rd and 24th of 2011, 
the weekend right before Halloween, Thomas had went on a work trip, and Caitlin had gone out on a small vacation with a few of her friends, probably to celebrate her, you know, her new engagement. Yeah. So it was only Kathleen and Dawson at the house, just the two of them, that whole week. Okay. So that next Sunday, October 30th, 2011, Kathleen started her day by going to church with her oldest son, Justin, and she had also made plans that evening that she was going to go pick up Caitlin from her week trip. So Kathleen got home around mid-afternoon that day. Around 4 p.m., she talked to her other son, Colin. They had a short conversation just checking on each other and talking about their day. And after that, she cooked some dinner. And after eating, she went to shower and get dressed so she could go pick up Caitlin. So she goes into her room. She starts getting her clothes and stuff together. I'm getting uncomfortable. And this is when Kathleen turns around and sees a man standing in her doorway. He's dressed up as Michael Myers, and he's holding a very large kitchen knife. Oh, my God. It was Dawson. Dawson then jumped on his mother and stabbed her ten times with this very large kitchen knife. Oh, my knife. God. These wounds were scattered from her throat all through her chest and abdominal regions. Dawson McGee had just brutally stabbed his own mother to death in her bedroom, and these stab wounds were vicious. Dawson's attack had so much rage and hatred behind it. When the medical examiner viewed Kathleen's body, he said that the stab wounds were so incredibly deep, so large, so flayed open, that any one singular wound out of the ten wounds would have killed her on their own. Oh, my God. So, like, it was just complete overkill. Like, it's insane that he did this to his own mother who loved and cared for him. She turned around, sees him dressed up as fucking Michael Myers, and he doesn't give her a second to even realize what's going on, and he jumps on her on her floor and does this shit to her, stabs oh her God. ten times this brutally. Like, it's insane. It's just sad because Kathleen, at the end, she stood up for herself. She yeah. just couldn't tolerate the abuse from Dawson anymore. But that does not for one second mean that she did not love him. You yeah. know, Kathleen McGee was an absolutely incredible mother. And she tough was loving. Love. Sometimes you got to have tough love. Well, it's even more than tough love. It's just the refusal to be abused and taken advantage of. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't imply that it's absent of love. If anything, I think that implies just how much she loved him because she didn't want to feed into this bullshit and him continue going into life thinking that he could just do this. Right. I don't know. Kathleen was just an incredibly loving mother. She was incredibly dedicated. She gave her all to her kids. She was a woman that truly loved her family. And it's just so hard to stomach that Dawson puts on a fucking Michael Myers costume and just does this to her, like brutally yeah. stabs her to death. Quite honestly, it breaks my heart. That's so to It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So to continue with the story, because it gets worse. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That same day. Buckle in, guys. Buckle in. At around 5 p.m. that same day, Caitlin was getting worried because her mom hadn't called her or texted her, letting her know that she was on the way to get her. Okay. Caitlin was supposed to get picked up at around 6, so she just started getting anxious. She tried calling her mom a few times. She sent a few text messages, but Kathleen never responded. A few minutes after Caitlin tried the last call to her mom, Caitlin gets a call from her brother Dawson. So she's like, uh, what the fuck? Like, you never talk to me? Like, why are you calling me? Right. But she answers thinking it could be related to their mom coming to get her, you know? Yeah. So she answers, and Dawson is just super chipper. 
and he asked Caitlin how she was feeling and how she was doing and told her that he loved her. What? Yeah, so Caitlin has no idea what's going on. She's definitely weirded out by this weird call from Dawson, but nonetheless, she knows that Dawson is at home with their mother, so she asked him, have you seen mom? Where is she? Uh, She's supposed to come pick me up soon. I'm worried about her. I can't get a hold of her. And Dawson tells her that he has no clue where their mom is, but he does know that her phone was broken, so that's probably why she's not answering. What? Yeah, he really did that. He literally really did that. Caitlin gets off the phone with Dawson and tries contacting their mom a few more times. Again, she calls a few more times. She sends a few more texts. But Kathleen still hasn't responded. And it was around 6 p.m. that Caitlin got a second call from, can you take a wild guess? Dawson. Dawson. And this time, he tells Caitlin that he had spoke to their mom and he was coming to pick her up instead. Okay. Yeah, so Caitlin is like, all righty uh well you know i have to be picked up somehow so yeah i mean i won't complain come get me she was definitely off struck by it a little bit yeah i mean she needed a ride so she just pretty much kind of subsided her uneasiness and told dawson to come get her oh god dawson told caitlin that their mom had asked him to do it instead of her and that he said that he would And that is especially weirded out, Caitlin, because, like, if you haven't gathered it yet at this point in the story, Dawson never did anything for anyone, like, ever. But again, Caitlin just knew she needed that ride, so the story continues. Dawson went and picked her up, and when he picked her up, he immediately asked her if it would be okay if she went with him and ran a few errands that he had to do for the house. And at this point, Caitlin is like, okay, what the fuck is going on, Dawson? Like, you never talk to me. You do nothing for no one ever. You've never ran errands for anyone. Like, she was like, this is just fucking weird. Caitlin also notices that Dawson is like driving in the opposite direction of their house caitlin did agree to go with him to run errands even though she was weirded the fuck out by it and they go to leave this retreat area and dawson is driving in the opposite direction of their house oh my god yeah dawson was driving towards sacramento and he told caitlin that they were going to sacramento so that he could meet his weed dealer But for whatever reason, Dawson just kept taking detours. He was acting as if he didn't know what exits to take. Like, he was pretending that he just didn't know where he was going, which... What the fuck? It's bullshit, because this is a trip that he has made several times. Of course, he knows where the fuck he's going. So he's stalling for time. Gang. Right. Name one stoner that can't make it to the plug's house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. You really know. You know what exits to take, right, Mr. Dawson. Right, like you know. you're, you're lying, Dawson. You're lying. You're lying sack of poop. <laughs> so they finally make it to Sacramento. They meet his dealer. Dawson buys his stuff. And then they head back to their home in Montica. It was around 11.30 p.m. when Dawson and Caitlin got back home. Okay. And as soon as they got into the house, Dawson tells Caitlin, oh, don't disturb mom. She wasn't feeling well earlier. She just said she wanted to be in bed all day. So just like let her sleep. So Caitlin, even though she was like really, really worried, she hadn't heard from her mom all day. Her brother's acting weird. Like she just she doesn't know how to feel. Yeah. But Mm -mm. she 
believe Dawson, and since it was so late at night, she just decided, okay, well, I guess I'll just go to bed then. And yes, let that sink in. I would still check on my mom, like... Ray, that (laughs) night, Caitlin went to bed with her mother downstairs in her room, fucking stabbed to death. (sighs) Like, it almost, it's purposeful, because Dawson literally, the whole, like, going to pick Caitlin up stalling for time the way that he did he had this plan to keep caitlin out of the house long enough or late enough to where when he got back he could immediately play off that she was sleeping and caitlin would be more likely to believe him like he had purposely done all of this like completely purposefully yeah so the next morning the morning of halloween caitlin got up and went downstairs And Dawson just literally popped up and was like, oh, hey, don't bother mom. I saw her earlier. She's still sick. She said she wanted to sleep in a bit longer. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I have some errands to run. Do you want to come with me again? What? Yeah, like the very next morning, this is what Caitlin wakes up to. What? So Caitlin is not feeling it at this point. She is extremely worried about her mom. She's weirded out that her brother all of a sudden gives a shit about other people. Uh, She's taken back by him wanting to spend time with her. She just did literally did not know what to do. So she agreed to go with Dawson while he ran his errands. She's not, you know, ecstatic about it. She's very visibly anxiety ridden. I would have done checked on my mom six times over. Oh, I mean, same. I mean, same. It's a weird scenario. Dawson was very much so putting in a lot of effort to keep Caitlin from like going to her room. Oh my god. When they got back from running errands that day, Caitlin got out of the car and immediately shot inside to go to her mom's room. Like at this point, she was not about to let Dawson stop her again. So she gets to the door, she grabs the doorknob, but it's locked. And this made Caitlin panic even more. And let me mention, Kathleen was also diabetic. So okay. Caitlin, Caitlin was thinking in her head like she was getting worried that maybe her mom was sick or like in need of medical attention. Like right. maybe something had happened to her regarding her diabetes. So Caitlin calls 911 when she realized that she can't get into the room. When paramedics get to the house, they get into Kathleen's bedroom. And this is where everyone discovered the gruesome scene. Kathleen had, in fact, not oh been God. sick and in need of medical attention. She had been brutally murdered in her own bedroom. So police were on the scene very quickly and officers were asking Caitlin, who's the last person to see your mom? Who was the last person that spoke to her? And this is when everything. Oh, Dawson. Dawson. And this is when everything started clicking in Caitlin's mind. She starts realizing that, oh my God, it was Dawson. And when the police went to search the house for Dawson, he was gone. Caitlin had been so frantic to get into her mother's bedroom when her and Dawson got back to the house that day that she didn't even realize that Dawson left the second she got out of the car. He said, all right, I'm going to head out. Yeah, he literally (laughs) let her in to discover it and was already like trying to get away. Oh, wow. So authorities immediately send out warrants for Dawson's arrest, and a manhunt began. It didn't take very long for him to be found, though. It was later that night, on Halloween night, that Dawson was pulled over and apprehended by police. He was then arrested for the murder of his mother and taken into custody. Oh, my God. And this is where the very famous police interview 
happens with Dawson. Like this in a large way is what gives his case so much notoriety. Okay. Dawson was taken into an interrogation room and then left alone. And that's not very uncommon, actually. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this, but I believe there's a interrogation method that's called the read technique. It's like an isolation tactic. So they pay attention to your body language. Yeah. Isolation is like the first step in this technique. Yes. Um, and it, I believe it's called read technique. But again, I could be wrong. But I think you're right. But that part, that sounds though, familiar. they pretty much brought him into the room and they left him alone. And what Don didn't know, little dumbass, is that he was being filmed by a hidden camera. When Dawson was isolated, he was completely, like, normal. He was, like, setting. He wasn't talking. You know, he was just being chill. Literally wasn't doing anything. But you can clearly see in this interrogation video, which... Obviously, you're listening, and we can't show you video footage. If you would like to see Dawson's interrogation footage, it's very easy to find on YouTube. So you can go watch it for yourself, and you can get more of a real effect of what I'm saying. Yeah, I gotta go watch it now. Because I only know that I can paint the image so much while you're listening, but I'm gonna try my very best. But he's basically chill when no one's in the room with him. Like, he's completely chill. The minute, and I mean the minute, that that door opens for a detective or an officer to come in, mm-hmm. he turns that shit on. Like, he starts twirling around in his seat, and he's, like, he's looking everywhere like this, and he's he kind of has his... And I know this is probably funny as shit for you listening because you clearly can't (laughs) see what I'm doing, but he's, like, he's just, like, rocking back and forth, like, violently, and he's doing this, and he's, like, doing this and, like, looking around, like, acting fucking crazy. Like, the second that anybody comes in that room, he just, like, on fucking, like, on a timer. So, basically, Gage is sitting here rocking back and forth, like, from side (laughs) to side, twiddling his fingers (laughs) and moving his head around, like, looking around. And I'm telling you, uh, you will see the accuracy of that if you go watch (laughs) the footage for yourself, because, like, it's insane. But Dawson turns this on the minute anybody comes into the room. And when he goes to talk, he's, like, making himself stutter a lot. He's, like, whispering. He's completely oblivious. He's literally, like, it is crazy. And the minute that anybody gets up to leave the room like when a detective is done talking to him the second that door closes it stops whoa the literal second that anyone walks out of that room he stops and he continues that like turning it on turning it off just like i mentioned oh, no. just like i mentioned earlier in the story with the whole parkinson symptoms yeah. that he like he was doing this exact shit now again Obviously, we're a podcast. I can't post video footage, but I do have a small clip of audio from Dawson's interrogation Mm -hmm. that I want to play for you guys. It doesn't give the visual effect of what he was doing, but you can clearly see how he was speaking and how he was trying to be oblivious. So I'm going to insert that for you guys now. Okay. Well, so, um, well, 
Was your sister home this weekend? Wait, did, 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 did I suppose I'm supposed to have an attorney? If you want one. Am I supposed to have an attorney? I should request an attorney. Well, that's up to you if, you, if you'd like one. But uh, we'd like to talk to you. Um, I suppose that you're supposed to have an attorney. So that was crazy. You just showed me the video. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see what I'm talking about now. Yeah. He was really acting like he wasn't there mentally. It, yes. So my question is, since the psychosis diagnosis, like way back when, like this is giving off premeditated vibes. So like how long do you think that he had these thoughts or somehow got it in his head that because people saw him as crazy, he could get away with it? Honestly, I... I'll respond in segments. Firstly, I do think there was some premeditation to this because you look at how the relationship between him and his family like just drastically got worse. And then when his mom stopped feeding into his bullshit, he got very violent, exceedingly violent over time. Right. He was constantly verbally lashing out at his parents. He was attacking them like mentally. Uh, the fights he would have with his dad like this seemed to build up over some time. Now, as far as the psychosis thing goes, it's not public knowledge what Dawson got diagnosed yeah. with. So we don't know that it was psychosis. It may have been schizophrenia. It may have not been. It was just in the realm of psychotic disorders, but it's not proven that it was psychosis. So the only word we have to take in regards to his hallucinations and stuff is really Dawson's. No one else would really know if he was telling the truth or not. God, man. Yeah. So like a lot of people, including myself, believe that Dawson was faking all of this just so he could enter an insanity plea and possibly get a lesser sentence. But right. uh, it didn't work out for him. Again, the little dumbass didn't know that he was being recorded. So like his gig was up, like what he displayed Thankfully, though. Yeah, it's extreme. So shortly after the police interview, Dawson went to trial and was charged with first-degree murder regarding the death of his mother. Dawson pled not guilty by reason of insanity, and his defense argued that when Dawson attacked his mother that he actually thought he was seeing a demon from one of his hallucinations. Oh, the court wasn't having that, though. The prosecution argued that Dawson, in fact, knew exactly what he was doing when he killed his mother, saying that Dawson's behavior after the murder proved it. And I kind of agree with that, that Dawson's behavior after the murder kind of proved that he's not insane and knew what he was doing. Because yeah. you have to think, the way that he stalled for time, the way right. that he went and picked up Caitlin made and made excuses and he wanted to keep her out of the house as long as he could just long enough that when they got back she would immediately go to bed when he lied to her about right. her being asleep the next morning he immediately kept her from going in there and tried to get her yeah, out of the to house figure it all out. he knew that he had killed his mom there was no denying that like he proved that and then you also have to take into account this whole turning on and turning off his right. behavior like he didn't only display that in the interrogation with police but he had been doing that like before he killed his mom with the whole like parkinson yeah. symptoms and the way that he would flip that shit on and off and like his dad and siblings caught him doing that he was recorded doing that in the police interrogation yeah. 
someone that is genuinely afflicted with something that serious mentally cannot turn it on and off. There is no way. So, I mean, I agree with the prosecution on that. I believe he was completely sane, and that specific behavior proves that. I think he's a sociopath and... You know, yeah. You know, yeah. The court also brought in a psychologist to evaluate Dawson to see if he was legally insane at the time of the murder. Mm -hmm. And this psychologist supported that Dawson was actually entirely sane at the time that he killed his mother. Well, I mean, good. Right? Good. Like, I believe that. I definitely believe that. That poor woman did not deserve that. No, not at all. Like, it's some enraging I shit. I mean, no one that gets murdered deserves it. No, definitely I not. Mean, but Kathleen, you get what Ma- I'm saying. Yeah, but Kathleen McGee definitely didn't deserve it. Yeah, you know? she didn't deserve No one deserves show. it. She especially didn't deserve it. But ultimately, it was up to the jury to decide if they thought Dawson was sane or insane. So after a week of deliberation... The jury also found that Dawson McGee was legally sane at the time of the murder, but but they only found him guilty of second-degree murder instead of first-degree murder because the jury did kind of come to the conclusion in their own way that they thought it wasn't premeditated. Okay. Which, mm. I don't know. Personally, I thought that it was, but I'm just glad that he was held accountable in right. some way. Right. Dawson was sentenced to 16 years to life in prison, and he will be eligible for parole in 2028. And that concludes the case of the Halloween mass killer, Dawson yeah, McGee. That that was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, I'm just that was. I'm sorry, just how you came out the case. That just sent me. That just that just sent me. But yeah, it's it's bad. It's a really, really That's sad terrible. case. It's a really, really sad case. I mean, and I, I know I'm one for the but like not one for the right. you know, yeah. This case was extremely sad. I had like a heart wrenching time researching it. I just like it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's like it's that's unbelievable. So we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. We would love to know what you think about this case. Do you think Dawson's attack was premeditated? Do you think it wasn't? Do you think he was hallucinating? Do you think he wasn't? I don't know. Do you know? We would love to know what you think. <laughs> so, you know, as always, share your opinions with us. We always love hearing what you guys have to say about these cases. We just, actually look forward to it. I genuinely do we look do. forward to it. Like, there's a couple of listeners I can name off the top of my head that literally my favorite part of uploading and doing this is I just love seeing what they we have to the say feedback. about it. We love hearing what you guys think. We love everything that you guys have to say. We just love you. We just love you. And we're always gonna love you. <laughs> as long as you consent to it, because consent's important. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. We are too silly right now. But yeah, <laughs> if you guys would like to follow me and Ray and all of our weird, well, you can definitely do that. Find us on Facebook at Gore Report, a true crime podcast. On Instagram at Gore Report Podcast. And Twitter at Gore Report. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you made we, me snort again. Uh, 
We love you guys. We will see you next week and a mystery time in between to give you that bonus episode. And uh, we're going to go get this shit off our minds now. One thing we're going to do, probably game. Are we going to watch Halloween or anything with Michael Myers? Definitely fucking not. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.